Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the 22-23 Premier League Review Show. It's a show that can barely recall what we had for our dinner last night, as the games played last August are really going to be a blur. It's been a bizarre season all round, with Arsenal looking imperious until they woke up one April morning and remembered they were Arsenal, while Chelsea have spent the gross domestic product of a mid-sized African country, yet still finished below Crystal Palace. Then there was the World Cup, an unprecedented interloper into our domestic campaign. There is, therefore, an awful lot to get through, so for such a big task, I'm delighted to be joined by some big hitters in the form of Aysan and Lloyd. Hi Aysan, you well? Sorry, mate, I um, I, I had a massive burger about 10 minutes ago and I just <laughs> fell asleep in my chair. Um, I was worried that that would happen. It's an old age thing when you, when you eat very heavy or rich food at lunchtime, just immediately falls asleep. Were you honestly nodded off there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I even tweeted it. I had a burger and I was like, I need a power nap now, but ain't no time left. So here we are. But no, I'm, I'm, otherwise I'm good. And in damning indictment of my introduction, but there you go. <laughs> um, Lloyd, are you awake? Are you there? I haven't eaten yet today, so I'm feeling quite alert. Actually. Well, good to hear, but also, yeah, not not exactly healthy. You need to get something down, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's lunchtime, so I will be after this. Good, good. Now, are you both looking forward to this? This is going to be a big one. We've got so much ground to cover. Can't wait to talk City Brentford. <laughs> I was about to say, we're barely touching on City, but obviously that's where we're going to begin. Um, I just came up with this question yesterday and I can't answer it myself, so that's what is making me put it forward to the two of you. I'll start with you, Asam. How was your assessment or perception of this current Manchester City setup? How has it changed since last August? Well, so it's, it's actually been a funny season for me in that probably the beginning and the end have ended up being exactly the same in that at the start of the season, I thought, yeah, this team is just going to sweep all before it. And then now at the end, well, we're on for a treble. So I feel as though we can sweep everything before us. But there was definitely a period in the middle where I think it, it, I felt that we started the season really well. So for me, my pre-season feeling was vindicated. And then suddenly it felt like something massively changed and the, all of the personality seemed to drain out the side. Um, so, so yeah, so the beginning and the end for me were the same in where I was. It's the middle bit where mm. I had this moment of, I said it on a few podcasts that it felt like a season of transition and maybe in hindsight, it was a season of transition. It just wasn't as painful a transition as we thought it might be. The fact that we went on such an unbeaten run um, from post-Spurs, that's probably my biggest lesson, I've got to say, this season, to just trust Pep and not panic around the kind of the mm. autumn. Because um, we always drop points, don't we, around the autumn? Every club does, so... Yeah, I think I, I've... It's, it's one thing that in every title race we've been in, in the Guardiola era, uh, I'm probably... That's where I get my most happy clappy in that eight points behind, nine points behind, if we've got to play the rival once, mm -hmm. that title race is on on the 1st of January. If you're nine points behind on the 1st of Jan, I'm the fella sat there going, we play them at home, fine. The title race is still easily on because I feel that City have 
been pretty much the only team that you can bet on to win 13, 14, 15 on the bounce. Obviously, Liverpool have done it a few times, but when it really matters, City are the only team to have shown it and done it. So, yeah, it, in that sense, I don't have the... Um, I don't have that fear when we go behind in a title race. I believe that we're the only team with the ability of winning that many games on the spin. You know what? That's interesting because I went full circle on that. So I was thinking, right, we're going to beat Arsenal. We've got Arsenal. We've got, you know, that's three points and all the rest of it. And I took it so much for granted that I went completely the other way and, and started to panic and think, shit, I'm taking this for granted. What if they win? What if they beat us? And then I started to actually, I said it on the pod a couple of times, come on everyone, we're, we're taking this for granted that we're going to beat Arsenal, but of course we did and did so in such impressive style. Lloyd, what have you learned about Manchester City this season? It's a good question. So, I, I was having to think about it last night. I think the thing, I think the big difference, I would say, between where I am as of today with Pep and Pep City as to where I was maybe at the beginning of the season is I didn't think Pep could coach. Or I didn't think Pep had it in him to coach this kind of um, kind of creatively up from a defensive side to set us up in a way where we are so much more resolute and we are able to deal with the counter attacks that we just naturally face in the Premier League so much better than we have in pretty much any other season. Now, I know that twenty twenty one the kind of co half of the COVID year when we retained the title off the back of Liverpool winning it and Stones and Diaz formed that amazing partnership. I know that we were really solid that year, but a lot of that came down to, um, I think, kind of getting a bit of a head of steam, playing, I don't think in a league where the, the general level was as high as this one. And I think good examples of that are, you know, uh, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, etc. this season, which I think has taken the overall quality up, even though some of the bigger teams have dropped. Um, I think what Pep's done with the kind of back four, using all four centre-backs, really accounting for a left-back in a way we kind of haven't seen it, and obviously the Rico Lewis, John Stones kind of role, and changing our build-up, I think that's been a really kind of exciting development, and maybe not something I saw. I, I kind of always felt that we would always be super susceptible to that ball in behind, you know, the kind of classic Liverpool goal that Salah always seems to score against us. And I know that's happened twice this season from Salah, but outside of that game, it's I feel like it's happened so much less. And I think we're so much better defending our penalty box when we could kind of get up against it. And, you know, Ake and Akanji and uh, Stones, Diaz, etc. have all played a big part in that. But I just think our kind of out of possession play and defensively how we've done something a bit different this season. I don't. It wasn't something I saw coming. Um, so I think that for me has been kind of like the big interesting development, which has kind of been necessary given that we've now had someone in Haaland up front where we haven't had for two years. Hmm. I mean, it, it all comes down to defensive duels, doesn't it? And how good we are now with Ake and Diaz in defensive duels. And, and when Pep was speaking of that, I was kind of thinking... Come on, mate. You know, I, I kind of knew that already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So-called genius that you are, Pep. <laughs> I kind of worked out a while back that, you know, get defenders who can cope one-on-one -on -one and we're going to do better. But maybe I know more than Pep Guardiola. There's a big shout for you. Um, 
let's not get bogged down in the whole media and, and kind of the portrayal. Did you just call Pep Guardiola a so-called genius? When did this podcast morph into the Guardian Football Weekly? And I claimed I knew more about football than him. Good um, Lord. So talking of which, talking of the Guardian, let's not get too bogged down with the kind of, you know, the anti kind of city coverage that we're seeing. But we've just won the three beats. We've just won the, the title for the third year running. Asan, will the history books be kinder to us than the present day writers whose job it is, let's not forget, to chronicle what's going on? Um, I would suggest that right now we're not getting the credit we deserve, but in the future when people look back, that we will. Am I right in thinking that? I think so, but also, it doesn't really matter. I don't think that... Uh, what I realise is that s- sport like this... or football, I think, is unique in a way. I think football is so visceral and it's so built on moments that it's the the moment on the pitch which creates a moment off the pitch. And so... It doesn't really matter how you intellectualize it afterwards. The, mom- the, the moment can't be removed from your experience. And so, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, maybe that's why I find myself like really just kind of quite amused by a lot of the coverage recently. Because it's like, I, I don't think there's a City fan that I know that can relate to a lot of it. And, uh, and so therefore... It almost isn't relevant to us. Mm. No, I think that's a fair shout. Um, Lloyd, do you go along with that? I do, and I think I, I've also just given up. I just don't, <laughs> don't care, to be honest. I think I've spoken as much as I want to about like some of the coverage this season. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to not having to read it mm. over the summer. And yeah, I'm just very apathetic when asked. There are still pieces that I'll search out, but generally I'm... I'm just finding myself spending increasingly less time looking at like traditional media to do with City. I'm, I'm just really not bothered. Okay. I mean, we're talking of apathy. Uh, we discussed before the pod that we, we have to talk about Arsenal. It's one of the biggest stories of, of the season. But we've talked about them so often this season, obviously, because they were our title rivals. So kind of we'll quickly touch upon Arsenal before exploring more interesting subjects, um, I think. So... I'll come to each of you for this, but Asam, when Arsenal's season is viewed as a whole, how highly do you rate what Arteta has done at the Emirates? Yes, he's done a he's done a relatively impressive job uh, over the last eighteen months. I think that they've recruited well. I think that they've you need luck in football. I think we forget that a large part of football often is about luck, and I think that having Martinelli and Saka there from the academy, more or less, or, you know, from from very young players. Um, and then, obviously, managing to get Odegaard in permanently. Uh, Saliba was a player who kind of looked like there was a lot of talk that he didn't have a future at Arsenal. At one moment, they were going to sell him, and he's obviously come back, and, and he was the cornerstone of their defence. Um, and actually, the, the thing that has just impressed me the most is, at their best, the football was... Uh, really incredible, really, really, really impressive to watch. Uh, so yeah, I'm overall. I'm uh, I'm not relatively impressed. I'm really impressed with the job that Arteta has done. Is that the same with you, Lloyd? And kind of a follow up question as well is: Can you see them 
Are they here to stay, or is it been a bit of a one-season wonder? Do you think from the Gunners? Yeah, look, I've been very impressed. I've spoken at length about Arsenal this season. Um, you know, I don't think anyone saw them getting eighty-four points in the league. I think you know, even though they folded in all other competitions, I think that's really impressive. To be honest, um, obviously they fell off and they did bottle it, despite what any Arsenal fan tells you. Um, I think the more interesting question is, yeah, what what could they do next season? What do they do from here? So I th- personally, I think given that so much of their squad is is as young as it is, and I think a lot of those players are on a very good curve. So you know, I'd look at both the wingers, Martinelli and Saka. Odegaard's only twenty four. Ramsdale, whilst I'm not super convinced he's like an elite level keeper, is still very young. Saliba's twenty three. White's twenty four. Um, you know, particularly if they can add, say, Declan Rice and or Caicedo, I think that team looks really, really quite strong then. I think for Arsenal, a lot of it depends on the recruitment because for me, the the thing that really kind of hit home this season was once once the tough got going, I think it, it was kind of obvious that Arsenal only had like 13, 14 players that they could really rely on and I would say that really followed probably down to like 11 in the running where every time you know a certain player didn't play and you know parties form for example fell off a cliff then I think I think they really struggled so they obviously with Champions League as well next season I think they really need to broaden out their squad but with kind of top quality to kind of really push City for your, you know, the people that we bring off the bench. So, you know, typically at the moment, like Mares, Foden, one of Bernardo or Gundo, that kind of level. I'm not saying they're going to sign players at that level, but they need to be in and around there. So, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on their business. Um, and I also think they probably need to sign a striker, but mm. no Arsenal fans will admit that because I think a lot of them are still drunk on Jesus for the moment. Some have begun, begun to turn, but I, I'm not sure... Uh, well, I just don't think you can win a league with him as your as your number nine. No, I read the other day as well, probably from an Arsenal fan, that you know Arteta's a huge fan of Reese Nelson and is planning on basically giving him a lot more game time next season. But even with that in mind, they're going to need you know more options up front because they were they were lucky in that regard, weren't they, in terms of Martinelli and Sacco staying fit all season and um, yeah. I mean, I like Trossard. I think he's a really good player. I think that there's a. I, I do think. Uh, I do think that there is a uh, we like to overstate City and and our squad and and our players. I think that um, we the the real difference is Guardiola um, in terms of pure quality. I think that Reese Nelson and uh, Trossard are not they're not rubbish mid table players. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're mm, they're players agreed. who should be with the right coaching capable of playing Champions League games, capable of challenging in a squad that wants to challenge for the title. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.